Now, mind you, I forgot that in these trucks, it make noise, so I'm trying to be quiet. But I don't even close the door, and I turn it on, and I go in reverse, and all of a sudden, boop, boop, boop. I saw, oh, shit. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking around. I'm sorry to laugh at this traumatic moment, but you're telling a great story. <laughs> I'm loading the Hey, fellow hipsters and people that have culture or something, I'm Jared Ralphie Allen, host of Unloading Meat, and we need sponsors for the show. If you identify with this fucked up hat I'm wearing, these shitty tattoos, or any other cultural references that are behind me, reach out to your favorite sponsors and tell them to sponsor the show Unloading Meat. Now, back to acting like I wasn't impressed by anything. I wish this podcast could be on vinyl. All right, guys, my next guest is the hilarious, hilarious Miss Treese. What's going on, Miss Treese? Hey, hey, how's it going? Pretty good. How about yourself? Um, I'm here, and we're going to make it happen, make it do what it do, but I'm here. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. Uh, so um, tell me a little bit about yourself. What, uh, how long have you been in comedy? I've been in comedy, I want to say, since 2017, um, on and off. So, But recently, in, I want to say 2022 is when I started doing it consistently. So thankful for that. It took me to come to Tulsa, Oklahoma to get that done. So I have, you know, Miss Angela Teague to thank for that. She gave me an opportunity. Shout out to Angela Teague. Yes, <laughs> yes. She taught, she's the lovely lady of comedy. And um, I, I really thank I'm thankful for her and Rick Clement. Oh gosh! Oh, I met Rick Clement last week, dude. That guy is awesome. Not only awesome, but he's so talented. You know? Yeah. I'm. I'm like when I first met Rick, I think he was in his beginning phases. So he's always done photography, as he told me. But he was in his beginning phases, and I'm like Rick. Um, you want to tell me why you're not rich yet? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how you get? How do you you have this kind of talent? Yeah. And you're not rich yet. I said, you know what? We're going to speak that into existence because that's going to happen. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, my profile pic, pic right now is from my showcase that he took a photo of me for my first showcase. And it's my profile pic on Facebook and everything because it's such a good shot. It's like he does great work. He, yes, he does. I actually, and the, with the things that's going on with him now, because Rick and I are real close. Okay. Real, real close. That, that's my homeboy. That's my buddy. Uh but to see where he's going now, it is so deserving. So when I met him, it was when I first did my showcase at a Clarion Hotel. Yeah. And so as soon as I got done, I'm like nervous, not knowing what the uh how the audience is gonna take that, you know, because that's that's the thing about being a comedy yeah. comic. Is you never know how the audience is gonna receive it. And so as soon as I got done, I get the clap and Rick is like, Miss Treese. Up to the top. I'm like, whoa, wait, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> so he is just awesome. So he been, he has been my cheerleader. I mean, give him some pom-poms. That's all he's missing. <laughs> Shout out to Rick. Uh, Rick, You, I would love to have you on the show sometime. I've seen your your work. Uh, the drone shots he took of the 
the uh, the oiler in Tulsa that was on Facebook this week. It looked really good. He took some drone shots all the way around the yes, big. Yes, yes. Oh, him and the drone. Yeah. I. Rick, what 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 can't he do? I know, that, right? That's the question, you know. <laughs> this whole episode is just gonna be about Rick. <laughs> hey, it's not bad. We love Rick. We love Rick. Rick here on Unloading Meat. Uh, yeah. He's a big supporter of Tulsa comedy, Tulsa bands, pretty much anybody in the Tulsa area. He loves to take photog- uh, You know, he's a photographer. If we didn't spoil that already, <laughs> um, well, he's a big supporter. In yeah. His, um, what I like about him is that he doesn't mind helping you to get where you need to go. I feel like I feel like he's a godsend. Yeah. He's one of those good Samaritans that you don't see. Yeah. So for me, you know, I feel like God sent him and he's part of the reason why I'm where I'm at today because he helped me get the exposure. I mean, introducing me to people from Angela, it was uh, Roscoe. From Roscoe, it was... Gosh, I can't even name him. He, he, he'll be in my DM like, you know, such and such? Okay, get with this person. Oh, you know, such and such? And get with that person. And, you know, I'm like, listen, Rick, uh, just introduce me to Tulsa. How about that? Yeah, I'm stationed in this area. Like, you know, I'm, I'm here. This is where my roots are, my house, my kids, stuff like that. So I'm not trying to, like, get to L.A., get to New York, stuff like that. I'm, I'm here. Right. So my goal now is let's see if we can turn Tulsa into the next Austin. Let's right. see if I can turn this and help. Not that I'm solely doing it or anything. Like I don't have no ego right, about right, it. Right. But if I can put my hat in and try to help promote Tulsa, why not? Right. And that's all I want to do. Well, you know, many times we always I, – I, I, read, I read a meme on Facebook that says uh, uh, to, in order to change your life, it starts with you, not in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> I like and that. And what I liked about that particular meme is that everybody feels like they have to go somewhere else. Yeah. To 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 and don't get me wrong, it's it's okay to have to step outside of your your foundation, your, yeah. your you know what I mean, your comfort zone and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. it's okay to step out the comfort zone and step into some areas where you can soar. Because sometimes, in order to get your home to respect your gift, you might have to share it somewhere else. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I can respect that. Yeah. So sometimes you have to go out, and you know, I, I came from San Antonio to Tulsa. I mean, don't get me wrong, I lived here before. Um, I was married when I was here and went through a divorce and then I went to San Antonio, Texas. And in San Antonio, don't get me wrong, I made some moves and did some things there, but it was just, I guess it wasn't the right season. I, I just heard a voice that says, now. Keep in mind, I had a 20-foot U-Haul outside and I only used one inch of that thing. <laughs> That's how quick I was moving. So it was like he was sleeping. I'm so scared and traumatized that he yeah. don't wake up. Not realizing that when you're drunk and you go to sleep, it's game over. I didn't know that. Oh, really? I did not know that when a drunk person go to sleep, it's... It's lights out? It's like trying to hit a... um, I don't know. It's just gone, like a brick laying there. So I didn't have to rush, but I did. But I, when I tell you I was grabbing stuff and I was moving... Then I get outside. It was funny to me in my head at the time, but I couldn't really laugh because I was too traumatized. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you there. And so I'm in the U-Haul, so I finally get in there. I grab everything, and I made some noise, and I just, hold on. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, hold up. Let me see what's going on. So I get in the U-Haul. I don't even close the door. <laughs> I don't even close the door. Oh, shit. Just to back up. Now, mind you, I forgot. That in these trucks, it make noise, so I'm trying to be quiet. But I don't even close the door, and I turn it on, and I go in reverse, and all of a sudden, 
boop, boop, boop. I thought, oh, shit. I'm looking. I'm sorry to laugh at this traumatic moment, but you're telling a great story. <laughs> so I'm looking around to see if he woke up. I'm like, and then you have, I'm trying to back up, hoping that this sound shut up, but it's not until I go and drive. So boop, and it is loud. So I finally go and drive, and it shuts. I'm like, whew, thank you, Lord. So I'm driving. I cut the corner. The door's still open. The last thing I needed for this U-Haul door. So I'm trying to ju- juggle a purse, hold a door, and drive at the same time. You are U-Haul. fucking multitasking. You know, <laughs> listen, when your life is at risk, you going to do whatever you got to do. Word. Word. So I'm at the stoplight. I was like, mind you, I didn't even have the seatbelt on. <laughs> so I'm just at the stoplight like, okay, I got a red light. So let me put this on. And let me put this on. Let me put this over here. And I finally closed the door. And when I tell you in this U-Haul, you talk about a sister doing 60 miles an hour in a 45-mile-an-hour speed zone, <laughs> I was gone. Man, so he didn't wake up, needless to say, to almost 12 hours later. By that Holy time, shit. 12 hours? 12 Holy. hours later. And the only reason I know that is because I already knew that once he woke up, he was going to look for me. Yeah. And sure enough, that's what he did. And, and, and the phone call started. Where you at? I'm waiting on you to come and get... I ain't come and get nothing. Listen, I made sure I was way on the north side of San Antonio while he was on the west side of San Antonio. No, boo, you're not going to catch up with me. Yeah. No. So. Good luck. That, <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was just like that. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go to Oklahoma. At that time, Tulsa King was uh, casting. Okay. So I was coming to get it Tulsa King. Well, the roles had already been done because they had been casting it since March of 2022. So by that time, when I got here, I had got into the background. So I had casting in uh, Tulsa King in the background and a quite quite a few roles. Nice. Though Sylvester Stallone, none of my stuff made the cut. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna talk to Sylvester today. We're gonna <laughs> talk to Sylvester now. Sylvester, you're on. You're on call, man. Let's do it. <laughs> call it right now. Nine one eight five five five. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but neither one of them made the cut, and so which is fine. But the experience is what was great, because I got a chance to see what it was like behind the scenes, what it was like um, watching the APs work together, watching sure. the, uh, watching all the cast and the producers and the director watching, and it's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Like before, I realized in acting, because I used to always think, you know, okay, cool, they're making all this money off these movies. Well, what I learned is for a lot of the parts, by the time that movie dropped, everybody has already been paid. Really? Everybody's already been paid. Wow. So probably the probably the only person that's left is maybe the director that that directed and and and, and the producer that. But everybody else, it's really. Um, Unless they're like a big name actor and they have something on the back end, like for the right, right, right. So you're like back in the back, but every everybody has by the time that movie drops, everybody's been paid. And what I also learned in the acting industry is it's like searching for a job every day. Yeah, it's not like a nine to five where you know you're going here tomorrow at nine o'clock and you get off at four thirty, and in two weeks you get a paycheck. No, it's not like that. So it's like once you're done in this particular casting. You're looking for your next opportunity. Yeah, in order to keep the the cash flow going. Is that where you see yourself going full time? Is acting versus comedy, or what? what what's your what's your be all goal? My ultimate goal is in acting. Acting, okay. Um, I want to blend the two together, 
because I love to laugh. Sure. I love to laugh, and I feel like life will throw you some curveballs, and you just got to know how to make joy of it. Yeah. And so that's what a lot of my comedy, I tell a lot of my stories by way of comedy. Yeah. Um, Like, I'll just <laughs> share one. It's like my all-time favorite. My cousin hates it. Go right, right ahead. Share that story right here. And uh, so when we were kids, I was a prankster when I was a kid. And so when we were kids, I would always find little ways to prank him. So him being the nerdy one, me being kind of advanced, yeah, I'm finna get you. <laughs> so one night we're sitting there before we have to go before school. Yeah. So you know you got that first day of school high going on. Yeah, those jitters and nerves. The new clothes, the new shoes. Oh I got yeah. My hair done. You know. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I got to be fly on the first day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going. You know, boy, the the, the boy might. Yeah, I'm going Mac. I'm giving me some numbers. <laughs> Girls, we just trying to be cute. So the night before we're in the room. Boys are just trying to hide a boner. That's basically <laughs> all they're trying to do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And so I was like, okay. So we're sitting there playing video games because he's a gamer too, but his thing was Mortal Kombat. Okay. So I learned a little bit about Mortal Kombat, all the little secret moves and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So we're playing a video game. So at the end of it all, his mom comes in the room and says, okay, y'all got to go to bed. Y'all got to scoot them off. We're like, darn. Teenagers, we ain't going to bed. We're going to play quietly is what we're going to do. Oh, yeah. So we're sitting there. He said, I'll be right back. I'm going to get some water. I said, okay. So mind you, he goes and he turns on all the lights leading to the kitchen. And I go, what are you doing? He says, I'm scared of the dark. You don't tell me you're scared of the dark. <laughs> you don't tell me your fears. So now it's an opportunity for me. Yeah. So he turns them on and he goes to the kitchen. What do I do? Go right behind him and turn them off. Oh, shit. And I left the bathroom light on. Just so I can see when he comes back. Because I want us to see his reaction. So I'm laying in the bed. So mind you, we're in the we're in bunk beds. Big, thick, wood bunk beds from back in the day. Yeah. So I'm on the top bunk. He's on the bottom. I'm watching. And I'm just looking. So he comes in and suddenly stops. I'm laughing already. Because I don't know how he's going to get in this bed. But I know it's about to be funny. Sure enough, he stopped and take out running and hit the top bunk head first. You talk about somebody rolling, but I had to do it quiet so I don't get in trouble. Yeah. So he get in the bed, he said, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so by that time, he's holding his forehead and he cuts me out and he kicked the top bunk and the whole mattress flops like that. <laughs> and we go down on him. So me and this mattress land on him. He was like, oh, shit. Next thing you know, here come his mama. I thought, man, like that is the most funniest thing. He said, I hate when you tell that damn joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I am like a big prankster, but I've always, always in life have found a way to just laugh. Yeah. Even after frustration, I just find a way to laugh. Well, I mean, it's kind of why I'm a comedian now. I mean, I grew up fat and I even have a segment on the show called The Preheat. And it's all about like getting uh, ahead of the fat jokes. Like, oh, oh like, like, uh, I thought of the jokes beforehand growing up because I was the funny fat kid because I was like, okay, I'm going to take the power away before they even try to get jokes on me. I'm going to think of them myself. Uh-huh. And that's just how I developed my fucking comedy. And it's just something that happened and developed. And it's, I don't know, a defense mechanism, I guess you could say a little bit. But yeah. we're all, I mean, Roscoe said it best on his episode. We're all damaged toys. We're all uh, uh, we're all broken toys in the stand-up com- comedian, mm-hmm. uh, comedy world. Right, right. Everybody's got some trauma. 
everybody's trying to process it, and this is fucking cheaper than therapy. Right, right. <laughs> and you know what? And I've learned that actually comedy for me is therapeutic. Yeah. It's, it's a method to where I release what what's inside. Yeah. You know, if I can't talk to someone, yeah. my comedy family going to listen, and y'all going to laugh for me. Sure. That's what we're going to do. And that's, that's kind of where I, I struggle with, uh, and I'm not going to name any names. I'm not trying to disparage venues or anything like that. Um, there's some venues that want more clean material, some that want more, uh, are more open to material. Uh-huh. Um, my standup is about my life, my, you know, my shit. Um, I've talked on before. I've, I've a, a person that was sexually assaulted as a, a teen, mm-hmm. uh, two divorces, two suicide attempts. Like I've had a whole shit of trauma. Uh-huh. That's what my standup's about is sexual assault, stuff like that. Right. And I understand there's going to be certain places that are like, Hey, we don't want you to talk about that stuff. I completely get that. I'm completely okay with it, but that's my truth. That's where my thing is. So I'm just like, okay, well, maybe we just don't mix. Right. And so I got to be a businessman and be like, hey, you have your business. I have my business. Let's not try. I'm not trying to like bash you or anything like right, that. Right, right. You just got to be realistic with it. Well, the thing about that is in business, you have to know your, you have to know your audience. Yeah. You have to know your audience. If you don't know your audience, you will find yourself uh, promoting in an area where that, that's not fruitful. You. It's not like I'm going to go to the Reservation Dogs uh, casting call and start doing rape jokes in the crowd. <laughs> right, right. They're, they're, I mean, it might get me a play. You know, so you have to, you know, even for me, I feel like, you know, I do a little clean and the dirty comedy. So yeah. I'm going to meet my audience. So if, yeah. if, you know, so if I go to a certain club and I see that this is what you're doing, I'm my, I'm a target my material yeah. toward this crowd. Like, for instance, when I go to... Uh, sometimes Tulsa Comedy Club or Shout out Tulsa Dweller. Comedy Club. Um, I'll go there. So I recently did um, this uh, set on gummies. So, <laughs> so I always ask, you know, where's my 420 family? Where the 420 folks at? Yeah. And so I so for the first time, <laughs> for the first time, I tried a gummy accidentally. Now, how oh. do you accidentally try a gummy? I, I, I'm 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 wondering. I'm hoping you're gonna elaborate how'd you accidentally try a gummy. Listen, <laughs> I didn't I didn't know gummies come like prescription medications in oh, milligrams. Okay. Yeah. I I did not know that. So I was given a gummy, and mind you, it was kind of thick. You know, it wasn't like a little peppermint thing. And I and I didn't want to chew it. So I just I'm just stuck on you know, just just stuck it on a gummy. Yeah. So I'm just going along not thinking anything, you know. From a blunt to a gummy. I didn't know that there was such a huge difference. <laughs> and mind you, this was a hundred milligram gummy. Oh shit! You took a hundred milligram at once. A hundred milligram. <sighs> Girl. And I wasn't ready. Yeah, uh, yeah. And so uh, I can so, I can imagine. <laughs> so midway through this hundred milligram, I stop at fifty. I guess in the sucking mode. <laughs> That didn't come out right. The no. gum in the gum sucking mode. <laughs> so oh, we're having fun here on unloading meat. <laughs> you know, you know, I was gonna say when I saw that name, I'm wondering what is he talking unloading. Oh, when I saw unloading meat, I thought, what kind of meat is he unloading? <laughs> and where is he unloading this meat at? Um, and safely so- <laughs> and consensually, okay? It's consensual unloading of meat, okay? Right. <laughs> so I'm just thinking, like, unloading meat. I don't know if I want to be on this show called Unloading Meat, because I'm not unloading nobody's meat. You know, so that's kind of, that's what my head was. Unless we're on Tinder. But I'm sitting up here <laughs> with this gummy, and 
after I eat, like, I guess 50 milligrams, but I threw the other half away. I guess I ate 50 milligrams worth, maybe 60, 70. I don't know. All I know is I felt like a damn peacock. <laughs> I felt like my shadow was growing <laughs> like, the, like the eyes of a peacock. And I'm like, what the hell? I thought to myself, this, this got to be some infused crack. This is the closest to crack I'm ever get. <laughs> I, you talk about paranoia. Oh, my God. I mean, literally, I'm sitting on the couch like, okay, what is really happening? I felt something spiritual going on. <laughs> these, these, my, my, my shadow keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm like, okay, let me go to the bathroom. And maybe I can get to I'm trying to walk normal, but I realize I'm stumping across the house. So now my feet is heavy for no reason. It's the gummy. It's the gummy. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is not normal. So I'm trying to shake it off. I felt like I went crazy for a minute. So I'm like, what is going <laughs> That's enough for like I'm going crazy. I'm trying to shake this off and it's not shaking. And it seems like the more I try to shake it off, the more, the higher I get. Mind yeah, you just go with it. <laughs> no, I have to. I, I was high for 12 hours. Oh, yeah. Who gets high for 12 hours? So I'm laying on the couch and I said, now, this joker that then gave the gummy to me, I think he's trying to get him get him a two for one. I wish he would come out that bedroom and try to try something. I'm going to beat him <laughs> down. That, that's how paranoid I was. That I was. I thought he was trying to screw me and his girlfriend. <laughs> like, nah, pimping, you're not about to get two for one up in here. Yeah. Not, I wish you would. And I kept, literally, I was sleeping with one eye open, one eye closed. That's how high I was. Then I started praying. And I said, Lord, if I die tonight, <laughs> you know you got to be high to talk to God. And, Lord, if I die tonight, let me go find a rapper so they know what I ate and, and what And you know you're happened. too high if God starts talking back. Listen. <laughs> I was hoping he didn't be like, my child, do you know? Like, no, man. It was... I'm t- you talk about somebody repenting, Lord, Lord, I'm sorry if I did this. I'm sorry if I did that. If I don't wake up because my heart beating too fast and I can't keep up. You start you start <laughs> looking like, what's that Matthew McConaughey movie, Frailty, where he hears God's voice and he starts murdering people? <laughs> listen, we're we not going to do that. We're not going to do it today. Not, ah, that's too funny. Not a high enough edible. <laughs> Man, I felt like, and that was the last time I had a gummy. And really, I take that joke and I when I tell you the audience eats that up. Yeah, they eat it up. One this one lady was like, "Oh my god!" I literally thought she was in tears laughing <laughs> when I did that at Tulsa Comedy Club. So then I'm walking in the, across the stage. Yeah, and I accidentally tipped forward. Now that particular night I wouldn't hide, but you yeah. know, I had to blame it on the gummy so it wouldn't look like I was about to fall. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. that's the Go gummy. With it. That's the gummy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it was just crazy. I've not had a gummy since. I will not. I feel like that is some infused. You crack. picked the perfect day to come on. I'm actually on a four day uh, weed cleanse right now to like reset my tolerance and stuff like that because I use it for my anxiety and my depression and stuff. Uh-huh. And after a certain point, because I haven't stopped smoking for like two years straight, like yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. So like I'm doing like a four day cleanse to kind of like reset my tolerances and stuff like that and kind of like so whoo my anxiety's all like through the roof today <laughs> oh gosh yeah and you know actually when it when it when it comes to dealing with anxiety um like that's where 420 helped me yeah because that's honestly what's helped that helped me a lot yeah and my and my anxiety it can be hyper but a lot of mine is worry yeah like when i worry i'm just like what now what now what now yeah. what now and so 
It's like that that spinning circle of what's to do next, what to do next. Yeah. Do, yeah. Yep. And that's something I had to really watch in comedy because if you don't watch yourself, you will find it. Your 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 endeavors can be like a high. Yeah. And I found myself like if I wasn't on the stage, I found myself depressed. Really? Yes. Wow. And, okay. Um, and I had to catch myself because what happens is you can get so accustomed to to being on the stage life and chasing that stage life that you act it, it'll almost be like an, an addiction. Yeah, because I mean it, it does release some dopamine and shit whenever you're on stage. I mean, uh, a lot of I, I follow professional wrestling, mm-hmm. and wrestlers say the same thing. Like it's a high. It's better than any crack or anything is being in front of a crowd and you're the center of attention with all those lights on you. There's certain people, comedians are one of them, entertainers. That when we get that spotlight on us, it is like crack. It it it, it and and it was like I want to say about a month ago I was sitting I was just sitting on the couch and I was just like oh yeah and then it took for God to just show me Latrice you have become addicted to being on stage yeah and I'm like oh so I had to readjust my mental state yeah. So that it's okay not to be on the stage. It's okay to go to a show and not perform. It's okay to support others. Can I can um, I say it's very refreshing to hear that take from you? Um, and honestly, I respect the hell out of you for it. Um, I wish more people would would honestly do that. Just from time to time, it's very healthy to just take a step back and kind of reanalyze your situation, how you're mm-hmm. handling stuff in the world. Try to do it. I mean, couple to every couple days, weekly. Try to like take a step back and just. Look at what's going on in your life. Exactly. Actually, I try to, whenever I'm booked for showcasing and, and I have people to reach out to me in my inbox, I'm like, hey, are you free to do a show on this night, this night? And I try to space them out. Yeah. Because if you don't, this is my analogy. If you don't rest, God will make you rest. Yeah. And he did that to me recently. Like, last week I woke up with a toothache. I was pissed. Oh. I saw that on Facebook. Is it better now? Yes. Okay. Much better. Oh. Uh, and so all of this was swollen and hard with throbbing pain. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. But that was, and after I was healed and after it had, I had got rid of the infection, God reminded me, he said, I had to sit you down. Yeah. Because you were too tired and you, and he knows me. God yeah. knows all of us. Yeah. He knows his children. So he knew that if I don't sit her down, she going to keep going. So between my job, which is overnight, and doing comedy, and doing acting. Yeah. And I have a, with the custom business I have too, because I do, I do, I do custom apparel. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is that your earrings and your necklace, your jewelry? Yeah. I made these. Beautiful, by the way. I just got to say, I really love the work. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't make the clothes yet. But <laughs> <laughs> What's the name of the jewelry company? Uh, your company? My company is called Graphic Expressions. Graphic which Expressions. Is, which is spelled XP. Okay. R E S S I O N S. Most people put the E X, but it's just X. <laughs> and so basically, um, it was uh, that business was birthed during the pandemic. Okay. And so when they were giving out the stimulus, my thing was anybody who comes out the pandemic broke, you're gonna be broke. Yeah. Because they would the, the government was giving out too much money. That was you that's a, such a smart to, way to look uh, at it. Come forward. Yeah. So my thing is either a if you if you come out this pandemic, come out there with a with a car paid for, with a house paid for, or come out with a business, but come out with something. Just don't come out there with five flat screen TVs. Yeah. And when they didn't gave almost three, four, five thousand dollars out, just and I'm I'm just speaking from a from a single standpoint with no yeah. kids. Yeah. Now, folks with kids, they got the most. Yeah. But 
adjust the mic just a little bit. Uh, just make sure you're you're on the mic. There, perfect. And but the thing of it is, is that use it wisely. So I said, okay. I said, God, you gotta help me. Before before they even did the stimulus, I was like, okay, Lord, I want to get back started doing what I was doing. How do I do that? Yeah. So he was like, oh, you're fine. So he was like. We started this in the morning. I, I I'm yawning too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's why I got this, <laughs> this right here, man. And so he was like, "Well, put a uh, put it out there on Facebook that you're looking for a printer and go from there." Well, I ended up getting two printers. Nice. And so from there, that's when God reminded me. He said, "Latrice, use what you got until I bless you with what you need." Okay, cool. He said, "You got a printer. You got an iron. You have this. You have that. Work with that." So by the time I did that. The stimulus came forward. So then I was like, let me get a heat press. Let me get this. Let me get that. So by the time I did all of that, I used uh, I used about two of my stimulus to actually supply the, uh, yeah. the material, the equipment for my business. Yeah. So I do custom T-shirts and custom uh, earrings, uh, <laughs> mugs and tumblers and you name it. I do it. It's not too much I can't do. Yeah. Um, so I recently, I'm, I'm in the process of trying to add two other things to it, which is my candle line and, um, like the candles and, and soap and things like that, because I'm also going back to school to be a massage therapist. Nice. So I have that. So that was the original plan. The, the plan was to, to go, I went to school for massage therapy. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do the marketing internally because, you're fine. <laughs> I know, right? Just let me shake it off. <laughs> oh, you're fine. <laughs> because the marketing is where, where, where most of your costs come at in business. So I wanted to do the marketing internally. So the graphic expressions was going to be the marketing component to the massage business. Sure. Okay. So I was going to work in that industry at someone else's company for about a year or two and then open my own practice, hire someone else to manage it and open up another one. But what was going to make the difference was um, – I wanted to have to have like an outside, outside massage therapist, so that when my clients come, they would not only get the the body treatment, but we would have an outside touch with the nature and everything. Yeah. Yes, and then that'd be my, really my relaxing. Big. I yeah. would have big visions. So I wanted like a waterfall to where they're outside, and this waterfall just falls while they're getting that massage and have that music going and. Um, so that was my vision. And so yeah. Graphic Expressions was going to be the business to do the uniforms. Um, <clears throat> that's where the product line was going to come from, which that's where all the creams and the lotions and the sugar scrubs, I was going to make all of that because yeah. I know how to. So all of those things, so a lot of that got set back. Dealing with this relationship. <laughs> this is why it's important. That when you're in a relationship, that that person, you under, have to understand their vision and they have to understand yours. Yeah. Because if not, all you're going to do is hinder one another. So you have to be supportive of each other's business. I believe in a relationship that you should have couple goals and individual goals. That is so smart. That's honestly the truth. I mean, honestly, I, I agree with you 100%. Some people don't see that. They just think everything has to be inclusive. But here's the thing. Before we became one, I was me. Yeah. So, therefore, I'm still going to do me. Yeah. But I'm going to respect us. 
Yeah. While I'm doing that. Yeah. So we're going to have couple goals as our household goals, but then what are your individual goals? What do you desire to achieve as a person? Everybody needs a vision board, man. <laughs> Every, Everybody needs to have that, those goals. Exactly. And so that's me. So if, like, for instance, in the, in the relationship I was in, which I'll be divorced soon, unfortunately, <laughs> um, like, he was a mechanic. And sorry, if I'm laughing, it's like a nervous laughter. It's just like my default thing. Oh, no, I'm not laughing good. at divorced people. I no. hope you guys understand no. that. I'm, I'm not laughing at divorced guys, even though I've been divorced twice. Right. It's like a nervous laughter just comes out. <laughs> right. Oh, I'm going to laugh at him in a moment. <laughs> so you ain't got to because I got you. And so, but in that, he was a mechanic. So my goal is I'm going to make sure you have things that, that, that point to your business. So we're going to make your T-shirts, we're going to make you a, a belt, we're going to make the hat, we're going to make, and then when you're done working on somebody's car, it's like I have ma- I made magnets with the business name and phone number. So when you're done, you put a magnet in the person's car. That way, when somebody else, they're like, hey, you know, who did your car, who did this, who did that? Oh, check him out. That's a good idea. You know, I made keychains to where he could hand out to, to people. I made, um, the newest thing that I made was uh, air fresheners. Nice. So when you're done dealing with someone's car, you could actually hand them, hey, let me just go and put this air freshener in there. But the air freshener has the business info on it. Do you still do that stuff for your own stuff or like for your, like the air freshener stuff for your, for you personally or anything? I, or? Do, them for, I do them for anyone. I just did them for a, uh, a auto detail business. Nice. And um, my friend had her car done by him and it's called, um, Lord have mercy, my brain is fried. Uh, <laughs> Mo Better Auto Detail LLC. Nice, okay. Which is based out of Claremore. And uh, very good at what he do. Very good at what he do. I, when I say I've seen detail work, but his work really stands out. Like, he's really passionate about what he do. You always need that. If, if, if you're pa- you need to find somebody passionate about whatever thing you're right. going to hire. Or like some like people that. Yeah. get into business just because. Yeah. Or they just trying to make some fast It's money. just a nine-to-five job to them or something right. like that, yeah. No, he's very, when I say he's very passionate about what he do, he's very passionate. And so... In that, I was like, okay. So I'm always thinking, you know, my thing is, I'm not, I'm not really trying to charge you to just break, to break the bank. Yeah. But how can I support you? Yeah. So what I did was, like, he was one of my, uh, his business kind of like is one of my little guinea pigs. Yeah. So I make stuff just like, oh, let me see how that works. So when he did an order, I made some uh, hoodies for him. Yeah. And um, when I delivered the hoodies, I said, okay, well, I have a gift because I always give a gift to my customers. So. And I'm always going to tie the gift in line with your business. And so I made some uh, some air fresheners with his business info on it. And then on the back of it, it had the, the QR code. Nice. So that way, again, when he gives those uh, air fresheners, so when he's done cleaning somebody's car, he can put that scent, which is black ice, yeah. in their car. And if somebody wants to know, hey, you know, man, you know, your car is clean. Is it, you know, yeah. spotless. You know, who hooked that up for you? Check out auto, you know. Uh, Mo Better Auto Detail LLC, and they can scan the code and go straight to his Facebook. Yeah, that's all it was designed for. But when I say that brother put the touch, he put the touch on vehicles. I mean, if you take that mug to him, looking like two Hurricane Katrina's had a meeting <laughs> up in there, <laughs> and you take it to Mo Better Auto Detail LLC, I didn't clear more. Oh, it's gonna come back <laughs> different. So, you know, kudos to anyone who who have a business and, and it's a passion like yeah. I think I'm going to be talking to you off screen uh, about some uh, stuff with my logo. Bet we can do that. You I know? would love it. I've uh, I've made some. Uh, I've done a lot of things. Like there's a actually there's a what is that shop? It's a 420 shop. One of them dispensaries. 
And um, I'm making some keychains for her. Nice. So she wants to give those out. So my thing is, like, when it comes to little promo items to help you promote, I try to work with businesses on that. Yeah. Um, well, I'm looking to get into some merch stuff for, you know, just on my stand-up comedy and the podcast, but also I have my logo and stuff. But also, if I can find somebody that does it local that I can help support them, too, mm-hmm. why not? Right. And that's what I'm... <clears throat> that's kind of where I'm at. <clears throat> we're, we're talk- we, we're yeah. definitely talking yeah. off. Because you can yeah. see like this, like we talked about the spotlight of what Unloading Meat is, the show. It's right. about giving back to the Tulsa and getting everybody on here. So, you know what? You said something, Unloading Meat. Yeah. And since this is a show, this is where we come to unload our meat. There's your slogan. Right this there. This is where we come to unload all the meat that have been given to us throughout yeah. life. You know what I'm saying? We're yeah. unloading. We're releasing. But at the same time, this meat that we're releasing is going to inspire. Yeah. See, I'm all about inspiration. It's going to inspire and hopefully entertain, too, because like we want to make sure that, like, I want this to be not just a spotlight for you, but also to showcase who you are as an individual to everybody online of, like, hey, this is this is me. This is who I am. I'm a funny motherfucker. I'm you know, just talking personally for myself. Right, 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 right. right <laughs> but, like, right. Uh, this is me personally. This is me putting it out there. You can kind of see me. You can see who I am. Mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. life, my experiences. Right. Hopefully, you get some humor, edu- edu- education, or exactly. entertainment out of it. Exactly. And you come back for it. Exactly. And that's kind of what I want to do with this. That's why it's a long form hour, hour and a half interview. Mm-hmm. I want people to kind of get to know your brand. Mm-hmm. And then you go somewhere else and they go with you. Exactly. That's kind of the goal of this. And I love it. I love it. You know, as a comedian, yes, we, we, you hear me talk. Oh, you're going to hear me talk about unloading meat on stage. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about how you unloading this meat, yeah. <laughs> sir. Because uh, for the ladies out there, no, nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> He's unloading meat. Yes, he is. Don't but, get me uh, into a Pete Davidson, uh, Ariana Grande situation. I don't yeah. know if you know about that. Say it again. Pete, uh, Pete Davidson and Ariana Grande, they were together for a little bit. Do you know who those two people are? Or Ariana Grande is a famous pop star. I probably heard of it. Uh, she dated a guy on SNL, and she broke up with him. They were actually engaged. Like They dated for like a month and were already engaged. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> he talked about his stand-up special that uh, when they broke up, she told everybody that he had a big dick. And you'd think that would be a great thing, but now every girl that he hooks up with is disappointed because it's not as big as what she said it was. I mean, <laughs> wow. So every girl for the rest of his life is disappointed. But you know what? <laughs> Believe it or not, men think women men think women want a yeah. man with, with, with a large package. Yeah. Really, we don't. We just want the package that fit us. Yeah. <laughs> real talk. But uh, if we're going to get real talk, there was a famous thing on Reddit. Uh, not famous, but it was a thing that went viral like last month or two months ago when the time we aired this. You know, everybody talks about dick sizes. Nobody talks about women have different sizes internally, too. Uh, yeah and nobody talked and somebody took like a ultrasound picture of the inside of every like vagina and stuff like that and uh, they show the different ones and they had like a, a chart and all the dudes were like i had no idea and i'm like <laughs> ah! and you, you know you tap it into my other set that i did about uh about kegel stuff so. <laughs> i did not know what kegels was a pound until... of a part of a balanced breakfast yeah, my, <laughs> so my friend tells me she goes to the doctor, and the doctor in low-key tells her that her coochie walls is weak by telling her she got to do some kegels. Yeah. <laughs> I said, what? Wait a minute. She said, so the doctor tells me, so have you been doing your kegels lately? I'm like, 
What you mean you got to do some kegels? <laughs> so I go look it up. I'm looking up the exercises that deals with kegels. Yeah. And I'm like, so the lady had basically you got to lay on your back and you got to pump. Yeah. Okay. So basically you got to have sex with the air to build up your coochie muscle. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 so, no, so, no, we're not going to do that. I said, really? We're not. Said, so you got to fuck the air first? <laughs> Does the air have to buy you dinner first? Right, I'm just saying. <laughs> so I didn't know the, the, the same thing for men. I didn't know men can get, yeah, but basically it's the, it's the pelvic The wall pelvic wall, yeah. You're where, exactly right. And I'm like, so in my head, I'm like, men, y'all already got a high stick driver. Y'all got to hump everything y'all yeah. see. So you you got to hump too? Got a hump too. I, that was. I'm like, wow. I, we gotta get that shit out of the way when we jerk off too, just to get you know. Well, I got, I got meat. unloading meat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh god. This episode of unloading meat is not brought to you by a famous game like Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Shadow Legends. I've never played it, but boy, if they sponsor this show, I might give it a try. Hopefully. It, it, it really depends, Stefano, on what the contract says, like how long I have to play it. I've heard good things. Have you heard good things? Eh, nobody cares about your opinion. Anyway, if you uh, are sick of these fake ads, make sure that you reach out to people like Raid Shadow Legends and uh, tell them to sponsor the show on Muddy Meat, and they'll be replaced soon. Anyway, back to the show. It's amazing that you say that because, like, you you sparked off. Yeah. Sparked my thought. Oh, good. And so, you know, I don't know if you've heard the song uh, Touch It by DVSN. DVSN? Probably. On, well, you know, there's a trend on TikTok. Yeah. Touch It. Oh, touch yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they touch it. So what I like that he did, he, you know, most artists, they always go get a video made, just that and, other. and I'm sure he has one. But what also what he did was anyone that did the challenge, the touch it dance, he featured them. He like made a little video. Oh, nice. And I thought that was really cool. You know, a lot of people have stuff, a lot of stuff negative to say about social media. Yeah. But social media has its positives too. Yeah. You know, TikTok being one. Yeah. Um. So when he did that, you know, you again, you just never know what good comes out of something. So yeah. with, with, where I'm going with that is for everyone who spoke about unloading me, Maybe put together a compilation. Yeah, of of of, of everybody what they had to say. That's about a good it, idea. Know? So what did unloading meat mean? Boom, boom, and just just spot, you know. Yeah. And I just you know I just I just saw that in my head. Like I think that would be so cool to see that because many times people don't ever think that they would ever be featured yeah. in something, and we never know where where to go from here. Like, um, the movie uh, what is it, Black Panther? Yeah. The first one. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that that would have been more like a, a historical Right. Yeah, nobody saw that coming, I don't think. And, right. I, and I have it, a friend of mine who casted her the background in that. Really? Yes. She's on the, um, she is on the, uh, when they come out, when they get ready to go to battle for the throne, mm -hmm. and all of them come down in their attire and all that on the, on the, on the rock, she's yeah. up there. Nice. I can't really tell who she is because they got them all made up. Yeah. But um, she was in there. Her name is, where well, her artist name, her stage name is Harmony Jones. But she's also a singer. And when I tell you sister can blow, too bad she's not here in Oklahoma. <laughs> but when I tell you sister can blow, sister can blow. I love <laughs> listening to me some Harmony Jones. Um, I used to manage her uh, back in San Antonio 
with a gentleman I dated who was a drummer. Um, they we had all formed a band, and so I used to manage the band, and uh, so that was that was quite an experience to be able to manage all that, pull these rehearsals together, watch them rehearse these songs, and they go all through. I'm like, oh God, y'all getting on my nerves, but <laughs> she, um, but yes, so you just never know where that would even take what you're doing. Yeah. Just to feature because, you know, people like seeing themselves and usually when you put someone in it, they normally share it and share it yeah. and share it. And, yeah. You know, so it just goes a long way. So I just thought about that. When yeah. And it's, it. it's one of those things too. Like we talked about earlier, um, how being on stage, you can get kind of addicted to it and it could be like crack and stuff like that. And like it, that going for that, that's kind of where I'm so glad that <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that you just talked about too. Cause, uh, <laughs> You brought up the stimulus and how you, and during COVID, tried to invest it into your own businesses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Same thing here. All of this was pretty much COVID money and, like, building up. And I know it's a lot of action mm-hmm. figure stuff, too. But, like, like this <coughs> whole idea, the cameras, everything came up from, I can't be on stage five days a week because right. I have two kids. And, you know, like, even Mondays and Tuesdays are no-goes for me. I try to be mm-hmm. super dad on those days and make sure I'm there for my kids. Mm-hmm. So, like, any open mics in her Tulsa and stuff like that, I'm sorry to anybody that hosts them. I can't be there. Right. Um. That being said... I can still get the same energy out here. Right. I can work on this. And then my producer, Stefan, which I'm sure you email with him and talk to him. Uh, uh, we try to get this together and make it a creative outlet. So when I can't go on stage, I'm still working on something in the stand up realm. And I'm still mm-hmm. helping people and I'm still in it. I'm still getting a rush out of it. Right. 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 But right, I'm not right. exactly on stage all five days a week or anything like that. Right. I'm loading meat productions. Okay. And that's kind of where that. we wanted to, that's why we invested so much into this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really what I'm seeing here. And I'm yeah. like, wow. The potential, like when I see potential, how do you, how, what do you, what do you think Looney Bean probably did when they started there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It probably started somewhere small. Yeah. And eventually they got the logo, they got the building. So I mean, it's there to be done. Yeah. You That's kind of where I'm at with the logo, with everything I got here. Like, I'm sure you've, I mean, you've, how long have you been in, in doing comedy and stuff? Um, here it, it's been since May. Okay, but just in general, you've been in, in the entertainment for a while, a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find drama. You're gonna have people that just try to get into drama, yep. and no matter how much you avoid it, it's gonna happen. Yep. It's just setting them in life. Right. Um, I've already had that, and I've already had some things where I've had to cancel some bookings and stuff like that just because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah. Um, the reason I do that is because I always want to have a home base. I want to have something built to where. If something happened, I know I am still secure. I am good. Mm-hmm. I am building my own thing, and nobody can affect that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's kind of where this came from, and then I'm doing my stand-up off of it. Right, right. And they're kind of sending me out. They feed each other. Got it. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Me too. As far as what you're doing, I think it's a great thing. It's like people like you, Rick Clement, Evan Hughes, um, just a host of others that's out there making moves. And you guys make it possible for people like us to have a platform to make our, put our face out there. That's what I want. That's all I want. I want to get back like that. And yeah, yes, without any ego, it does help the channel. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say that it does it. I'm not saying here I'm doing this all for charity. It does help my brand and my channel. Yes. But at the same time, if I can pull people up with me side by side, why the fuck not? Right, right. Like that's the whole goal for here, for me. Right, right, right. It's to do that. I'm excited. When I go on stage, I don't know. If, uh, I met you at the cellar. I think once. I think we. I think you came down for a spot, and then you had to go. Uh, the cellar. A couple I weeks did. ago. That, yeah, about a couple of weeks ago, I, I did come and I, I got up and I left. Yeah, I had um, to go to work. And 
I saw you, but we didn't interact. I was, I think I was like in the bathrooms and I saw you and I was like, oh, that's her. That's her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wanted him to pop in and pop out. Hey, um, I mean, this will be, I try not to say the, the town that I live in just for my kids and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. people like, you know, safety and stuff. But like, again, I live in Bartlesville, so it's like a 45 minute drive from Tulsa. So everybody has to come down here and stuff like that. And I know yeah. it's a trip. Um, but when I go up there, I try to make it count too. That's why also why I'm selective exactly. on my exactly. My car is in the shop. I'm driving a rental, so I'm gonna turn a rental car. I'm, I'm gonna turn the rental in. But I'm exactly the same way. I have that's my rental out there. Oh God, that's I got, a rental. Yeah, I got in a car wreck the 31st, two days before Roscoe booked me for my first showcase. Wow, I got in a car wreck. Wow. Yeah. Uh, mine was the transmission went out. Oh, okay. And so, um, where is that? I'm, 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 I'm a little bit frustrated because it's. it's Taking longer than I anticipated. Yeah. But um, I'm in the process of, I'm, I'm trying to move to Tulsa right now. I, I came here from Muskogee. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you. <laughs> You're most welcome. I mean, my thing is, this, this is, this is my passion. So I'm going to do what I can within reason. Yeah. And um, so I'm trying to move to Tulsa. So I'm looking for a place. And so yeah. I can't, like, when I go to open mics, and I'm not going to say which one it is, but there's a particular one that I go to. If you say your open mic starts at this time, I don't need to be sitting there an hour just because you're waiting on people to show up in the club. Yeah. Teach people how to respect your stuff. Yeah. If you started on time, people start being on time. Yeah. But if you show people you'll wait for them, then they're going to treat you Especially like that. when there's people that, that, that drive along. And, and, like, I'm a big supporter of, like, hey, if if I'm there, I'm going to try to watch as many as I can. If I, I don't have other stuff going on or I have, like, other shit to go to or something like that or other spots, I have other gigs, uh-huh. I'm going to try to uh, support as many as I can. Right, right. But right. don't get pissed off if I have to go real quick because I have to drive an hour and go edit an episode that has to be out in the next two hours or something like right. that. Right. Like, or I have to go get my kids from the babysitter because I've been out in Tulsa for four hours. Right. Like, respect, there's other shit that happens and you have to right. be understanding of that. Respect my time. Exactly. Respect my time. If I'm going to respect yours enough to come and support it, respect my time. Yeah. You know, like I go to work at eleven o'clock. So I a lot of times when I'm in when I'm coming, I'm coming and I'm like, okay, I need to I need to be at the top five. I'm yeah. not trying to be first. Yeah. But respect my time. I'm respecting it enough to come and support yeah. your business and your venue and your endeavor and what you're doing. Yeah. And that's my biggest thing. So I appreciate that. You know, um, guys, it's just been it's this has been an amazing uh podcast to do. Thank Very you. Very amazing. I'm I'm excited. And I don't know, I'm, just, I'm looking for some great things to come forward because at the end of the day, people are still watching me. Yeah. No matter where I'm at, whether I'm in church, in the club, or on the stage, people are watching. So I have to be real careful in my comedy. Yeah. You know, I've allowed profanity to enter in. Yeah. Uh, and, I'm, and, I'm, 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 and I'm okay either way, whether the comedy is clean. Or whether there's some profane, I just don't like a lot of profane. Sure, you know, if every two words is a cuss word, then I obviously you, you your vocabulary ain't that big. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mine or slips out I, naturally, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's not like I'm a 12 year old that just discovered the word fuck. You know what I mean? It's right, like right, 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 right. It's not gonna say every other word. You know, and like, or, or they know they can cuss, and now they finally figured it out. Yeah. So every other word is that. Yeah. You know, but. No, I, I'm I'm all for, you know, whatever your style of comedy is and whatever works for you works for you. Yeah. And I had to find what works for me. So, I, yeah. you know, many people like to tell me, why don't you talk about politics? Because I'm not. Yeah. You know, I'm not. There's a time and place for that. I don't. I, I And only I certain comments could pull it off, in my no, opinion. No, I don't. I don't. Because when it comes to. When it comes to politics, you got to be real careful with that. Yeah. Because everything you're saying is being noted. 
Yeah. Everything. And it can be held against you. Yeah. If you're not careful with what you say. Yes, we are in a country where there is freedom of speech. However, your freedom of speech just might cost you to have yeah. no freedom. It, it, it's honestly <laughs> yeah. like, there's some, and again, this is without any ego. I'm still a newbie coming into the stand-up comedy world. But there is something to say, like, I'm never going to say nothing or there is nothing off limits in the stand-up world as far as a joke. You can make a joke about anything, but be careful if you're going to go down certain avenues. If you're going to bring up race, sexism, politics, anything that's a hot but abortion, be prepared to get some pushback. Right. You're going to get some uh, backlash on it. You're going to get prepared. some backlash, even if it's a good joke. Mm-hmm. Make sure your confidence is 110%, because if you have any fault in confidence delivering that shit, they're going to eat you alive. Right. And they're going to say, you're not taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So be confident in your role, in your, your speech. Be confident in your joke and, and be and very careful. And material, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you better make sure what you, when you get to tapping into those areas, you better make sure that what you're saying is factual. Yeah. Because they will eat you up. Yeah. You know, I, 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 this is why I don't touch politics. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, when you run for an office, yeah. you know, obviously everybody has their MO. Yeah. You know, whatever your MO is, as long as you ain't touching my fucking money, I don't care. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you have an MO. Some agree, some will disagree. And a lot of times you have to be careful with that because you can change a person's mind on social media yeah. and on the stage. Well, such and such says this here, that did this, and that was a lie. Yeah. No. So. I mean, I touch on a little bit of racial stuff in my jokes just because I like, but again, it's not like, um, people could tell intent. People could tell tone and they could tell if you're bashing somebody or you're making a observation uh, about mm-hmm. life. There's a huge right. difference in that, but also it can be taken out of context and social media and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, my comedy is always going to be centered based around my livelihood yeah. or things in, that happen in life in general. Yeah. And it's up to you to apply it. If you apply it to your yeah. life, that's your motherfucking yeah. business. So there's a, uh, we talked on a couple of podcasts before, uh, Kevin Smith, he's Silent Bob from Jay and Silent Bob, and he does a, he's a big director in Hollywood and stuff too. Um, okay. He did a Q&A and he had a movie where, a movie, there's a movie called Chasing Amy, and in the movie, Ben Affleck, not converts, but like a lesbian dates Ben Affleck, mm-hmm. falls in love with Ben Affleck. And a lot of lesbians were like, that'll never happen. You're basically saying, well, a lesbian needs a good man, and we can you know, twist him and stuff like that. Uh-huh. That wasn't his intent or anything like that at all. Right. Um, and he was at a Q&A, and this lesbian at this college was like questioning him on that. And he's like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not trying to say that at all. He goes, my brother's gay. I try to put a little gay content in every movie I do just to, so people can be relate to it. Uh-huh. He's like, all I can do is say, here is my way I perceive the world. Agree or disagree. I'm exactly. not saying it's right or wrong. This is my interpretation of what I put out in the world. Exactly. If you don't like it, don't watch it. But you can agree or disagree, but it's not like I'm trying to fight with right. you. Don't come trying to change my narrative. Yes. And and, and people people always want to try to change your narrative to fit theirs. No, I'm not. If Like you yeah. said, if you don't like it, fine. Don't watch it. But if you feel compelled to watch yeah. it, then that's your business. Yeah. But don't come trying to change me to make sure I'm making you comfortable. You're the one uncomfortable. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. You know, so that becomes that part. So now you're pulling the other side of me out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got, I came out last, last year and I have two family members that don't even speak to me or um, don't go to any family attendant or things now because I'm who I am. So it's just how it is. Uh you deal with it. <laughs> right. It, it, you know, people are something. But else. I'm also the person who's like, I don't need love with an asterisk. Like, um, could you please not talk about that stuff or not bring anybody around that's like that or anything like that? We're just uncomfortable. And I'm like, cool, but it's my dad's birthday and I'm just trying to show up. I'm not trying to, like, go out there and full drag or anything like that. Not that there's right, anything right. wrong with that, but, like, 
they were like basically like before they before you even come, there's some a list of things with demands we want mm. to be contra. I was like, yeah, we're just we're not going to do that. Right, right, right. So like, yeah, they don't talk to me anymore. So <laughs> it's just how it is. Um, but shit happens. It, it does. It does. And <laughs> we've been talking for like an hour and a half. <laughs> I love this conversation. I hope you know. Oh God! I feel like again, this comes out like. This is a good conversation. This is how I become friends with people. Like, uh-huh. we have an hour conversation, and I feel like I've gotten to know you really well. You've gotten to know me a little bit. And, like, this is a great – I feel like a good friendship starting. It is. Always. And that's always my goal. Yeah. That's it's my to, goal. To create a friendship, partnership, and not only that, but to support. I am claustrophobic. I found that out when I had to go get a sleep study, and I had to have an ambulance call oh, on me. I um, like it for that reason. MRI um, – for my car wreck, I've had to – it took me three tries to do an MRI because I had a panic attack every time I got an MRI. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I'm with you. So I had to be sedated last Thursday to get an MRI. That's also why I missed the session lounge open mic because I was actually being sedated for an MRI yeah, that night. Yeah. Um. So where was I going with that? Uh, claustrophobia. So like the cellar, after a bit, I have to get out. Yeah, too much. It's so small down there. It freaks me the fuck. I can't. So I can't go to the bathroom down there. Right. The now, bathroom's so small. I will panic attack in there. Because like right now, I'm staying up till. Five or six in the morning, uh, Monday morning, from the cellar to finish editing and get these episodes out because it takes four hours to promote to upload it to YouTube. Yeah, and you kind of have to watch it. If it errors out or anything like that, and you just you didn't notice, it didn't it'll, make the error. It'll, it'll trash it. And three a.m. I don't know if you saw my my message or something like that on, on my Facebook or whatever. Three a.m. Sunday morning, Stefano calls me and tells me that the Spotify screwed up and didn't upload and won't be ready for noon. So. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, grab a monster from ASAP down the street, come over here, and I start editing my own episode and re-uploading it at Spotify at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm up till 7 o'clock in the morning after doing The Cellar. Wow, yeah. So that's where my is. Every Sunday, that's kind of where it could happen because my mm-hmm. episodes go out every Monday at noon. Right, okay. So that's my baby. That's my highest priority. I love everybody's open mics, Roscoe, everybody. I'm not trying to disparage, right, but, no, but my you, priority is my business, this, and this I have to get this baby. out. Yeah. This is your baby. This episode of Unloading Me is not brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. And I know you're probably wondering, you're probably thinking to yourself, man, this ad break looks and sounds an awful lot like the other one, but without the hat. And you know what? You're a little right, but you're also forgetting that I changed glasses. Nice. Anyway, if you're tired of these fake ads, reach out to your favorite companies like Raid Shadow Legends. Tell them to sponsor this uh, podcast, Unloading Meat, and we'll get back to the show. <laughs> well, what can they find you at? You can find me on Facebook or TikTok at Miss Treese, and that is M-Y-S-S-T-R-I-C-E for those of you that cannot spell. <laughs> but, um, yes, my personal business, uh, which is Graphic Expressions, and I'll spell that, which is G-R-A-P-H-I-C. X-P-R-E-S-S-I-O-N-S. Again, for those of you that cannot spell, I know I didn't spell expressions right, but you can't roast me on that, okay? Hooked on phonics done me good. (laughs) (laughs) So just let me know how I can be of service to you. You can book me by responding to, uh, going to the mystery page. You can send a message there. I am open for booking for various um, events. Um, And as far as graphic expressions for um, custom apparel and accessories. Again, I made these nice little earrings. Nice, nice. And I do t-shirts as well as tumblers and 
since we're not in the mask business, I'm not going to put that out there because COVID is obviously still roaming, but we don't care. Well, Biden said it's over soon. They announced COVID's going to be over soon. Uh, yeah, well, COVID is COVID is here to stay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The mask might not be here to stay, but COVID is here to stay. <laughs> but I do do custom masks and tumblers and mugs and things of that nature. So, um, but be on the lookout for that because you will see some stuff coming. But again, make sure you tap into preheat. Okay. Thank you guys so much for joining us on Unloading Meat. I've been Jared Ralphie Allen. Take care, guys. Bye, have a great time.